Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to be on episode 26 of the Days of Noah with Martin Dahan. This will be the last of the episodes and we are finished. I hope you've enjoyed this and have learned from it. It's been very interesting. So let's get to it. Episode 26, The Faith of Noah. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Hebrews eleven seven. This verse may well be called the story of Noah in a nutshell. This is a common occurrence in the Bible. Most of the great doctrines taught throughout the Bible will be summed up somewhere in a brief, succinct passage or verse. The whole doctrine of the love of God, for instance, is condensed in a capsule form in John 3.16. The doctrine of justification by faith is pressed together in five verses, Romans 4.1-5. The doctrine of Israel's restoration is summed up in Romans 11.25. The doctrine of the church rapture is in 1 Thessalonians 4.16-17, and, and so on with the other great truths of the Bible. So it is with our text in Hebrews 11:7 concerning the faith of Noah and the building of the ark. It sums up in one small condensed package the whole story of the flood in what we might call a dehydrated concentrate. It is the story of Noah's faith, and the verse begins and ends with the same two words, by faith. The verse falls quite naturally into seven divisions or points. Seven things are revealed about Noah's faith. They are, one, the foundation of faith, the word of God. 2. The nature of faith, believing the unexplainable. 3. The motive of faith, moved with fear. and 4. The operation of faith, prepared an ark. 5. The scope of faith, included his family. 6. The testimony of faith, condemned the world. and 7. The reward of faith, imputed righteousness. We take up first the foundation or the basis of Noah's faith. We find it in the opening words. By faith, Noah being warned of God. God had spoken to Noah and told him the flood was coming, even though there was no indication of it and it seemed utterly impossible. Saving faith is simply believing God's word without any additional evidence or proof. It is believing the unreasonable, illogical, inexplainable, supernatural revelation of God just because God says it. True faith asks for no additional evidences. It does not ask for signs or voices or revelations visions or dreams, scientific proof or archaeological discoveries, or geological evidences. True saving faith is accepting the word of God just because God says it. Noah was warned of God concerning a most unbelievable flood, and he believed it. This need of believing God's word without necessary proof or explanation is seen in the second observation concerning Noah's faith. We have seen the basis, the foundation of faith. And now we come to the nature of faith. As we said, it was believing God even though we cannot understand it. Our verse therefore continues. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet. Notice that phrase, of things never seen before. To what does this refer anyway? No doubt it pointed to the flood of the waters which would come upon the earth. It had never rained upon earth until that time. No rain had ever fallen from the sky, but God said it would. The people must have laughed and scoffed at Noah when he told them water would fall from the sky. Why, just look up there. There is no water up there, 
And if there is, how did it get up there? It did seem unreasonable and unbelievable. In Genesis 2, 5, and 6, we are told that there was no rain upon the earth, but the moisture came up from the earth in the form of a heavy mist. The Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Genesis 2, 5, and 6. There is no indication of rain having fallen until the days of Noah. This is evidently the meaning of the phrase that Noah was warned of things not seen as yet. Rain had never been seen before, but Noah believed the word of God. This is the nature of faith, believing what we cannot explain, but believing it because God says it. After mentioning the basis of Noah's faith and then the nature of his faith, we notice the third thing mentioned, the motive of faith. Moved with fear, Noah was afraid. When God told Noah about his fierce wrath and that he was going to destroy millions of sinners for the rejection of the word of God, it scared Noah. He was moved with fear. Today, people don't want to acknowledge fear. To be afraid is to be chicken or soft. But fear is one of the basic emotions of every person's existence. The life of the average man is motivated by fear. We build homes because we fear exposure and cold. We work to obtain money to feed, house, and clothe ourselves because we fear the specter of hunger, cold, and discomfort. We spend billions for defense because we fear invasion. Almost all of our actions are motivated in a measure by fear. It is not a sign of weakness to be afraid. All men fear pain, sickness, and death, or else why all the doctors, drugstores, and hospitals? All men fear death whether they admit it or not. I have heard men boast and brag, blaspheme and curse and laugh at God and religion, and I have seen these same braggarts whine and cringe like beaten puppies when facing eternity. Any man in his right mind must know some fear of the future and wrath of God. Yes, Noah was moved with fear before the wrath of God, and it drove him to seek salvation. The wise will do as Noah did. The Bible says there is hell at the end of the sinner's road. The word says, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment, Hebrews 9.27. Why not discard your thin mask of audacity, braggadocia, and false bravery, and acknowledge you do fear God, and flee to him for salvation? It is questionable if any man was ever saved without a certain amount of the element of fear. The fourth thing we learn about Noah's faith is the exercise of his faith. It is contained in the phrase, prepared an ark. Noah did something about his faith. It was a working faith, for we read, By faith, Noah, being warned of God, moved with fear, prepared an ark. Noah's faith was an active faith. It was faith which saved him, and it was his work which proved his faith. Noah did not say, Yes, I believe a flood is coming, and my only hope is to find refuge in the ark, and then do nothing about it. Faith without works is dead. It is not enough to give mental assent to a warning of danger. One must act upon it. May I right here ask you, do you believe the Bible? Do you believe that God is going to punish the wicked unless they repent and accept God's remedy for sin? You may believe all this and be lost unless you personally receive Jesus Christ by an act of faith. It is often said, one needs to do nothing to be saved. But the very opposite is true. You need to do nothing to be lost. You are a sinner and already condemned and already lost. When the Philippian jailer asked Paul, what must I do to be saved? Paul did not say, do nothing. 
But he said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Acts 16, 31. Have you ever, by a definite act of faith, received Christ, called upon him, and trusted him for salvation? This brings us to the scope of Noah's faith. Remember the seven aspects of Noah's faith, the foundation, the nature, the motive, the exercise, the scope, the testimony, and the reward of faith? We have considered the first four. Now for the scope. We read that Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house, Hebrews 11.7. Noah was not satisfied to be saved alone, but was deeply concerned about his family. He expected his family to follow him, for he made provision for them in the ark. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house. And this is one of the surest evidences of the genuineness of faith. When a person is truly saved, he becomes concerned about others, beginning at home. A parent who professes salvation but shows no concern over the fact his children are lost will find it hard to convince anyone else of his faith. He may indeed doubt the reality of profession which does not show deep regard for the salvation of others. How often I have observed that immediately after a person accepted Christ, he became exercised about a father, mother, boy, or girl. Now I will not rest until I have brought mom and dad also exclaimed one person as he got up from his knees after receiving Christ. Test yourself by this rule, and it will reveal the reality and depth of your spiritual life. Do you know that you were saved because someone was interested in you, prayed for you, and gave you the word? Yes, Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house. The sixth characteristic of faith of Noah was his testimony to the world. Notice how our text states it. By faith, Noah prepared an ark by the which he condemned the world. Hebrews 11.7 While the building of the ark was for Noah's salvation, it was for the condemnation of the unbelievers. Day after day Noah labored on the ark. Day after day he preached the coming judgment of the great flood. Day after day he must have pleaded with them to repent and believe. There was no excuse for their perishing in the flood, for they had ample warning. There stood the ark nearing completion as a daily reminder of the impending catastrophe. The building of the ark was a testimony of the faith of Noah. Noah and his family believed the word of God. All the others rejected it and perished in the flood. Millenniums later, Jesus, the antitype of the ark, uttered practically the same message when he said, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light. John three seventeen through 19 The other feature of Noah's faith remains. We have seen the basis, the nature, the motive, the scope, the exercise, and the testimony of faith. Now we mention the last one, the reward of faith. Our text says that Noah became heir of the righteousness which is by faith, Hebrews 11:7. Noah was not a sinless man. He was a lost sinner like all others. But he was declared righteous in the sight of God because he had faith in God's word concerning the ark. We remind you again that the ark was Christ. Noah believed God's word concerning this Christ, and the plan has never changed. Today, the only way of salvation is believing what God says about his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. John says, he that believes on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believes not has made him a liar, because he believes not the record that God gave his Son. 1 John 
We must believe while the door is still open. In the days of Noah, there was only one ark. He was not commanded to build a navy or a flotilla of ships, but just one ark. He did not have a choice of ships, for instead of a fleet, there was only one ark, and it had only one door. After the door was shut in this one ark, all hope was gone. The people could not take the next ship, for they had missed the boat, the only boat. I am sure that after the rain began to fall and the lightning flashed and the thunder rolled and the waters rose, there were multitudes who wanted to take passage in a ship, any ship, but there was only one and there would not be another. They had missed the boat. They had procrastinated one day too long. We don't want to frighten you by a description of the scene that must have taken place outside the ark when the flood broke. What panic, consternation, fright, and terror must have gripped the people. What wailing and crying and beating against the door of the ark. What a wild, crushing stampede for the ship they had despised. But to no avail, the door was shut. They had missed the boat. Jesus said, As it was in the days before the flood, so shall also the days of the coming of the Son of Man be. Men paid no attention then to God's warnings, but life went on as usual until they missed the boat. As we conclude this series on the days of Noah, we would repeat again the words of Jesus with which we began these studies. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Matthew 24, 37 through 39. Guys, I hope that this has been a blessing to you. I hope you have learned from it. It has taught you something new, maybe given you a new perspective on things. And again, I encourage you, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you fix that today, that you don't wait until it's too late. And if you do know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you are out there, that you are witnessing, telling people that you've kept your testimony clean and you keep it to the point that people will listen to you because you're not the hypocrite. Guys, I hope this has helped you. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, may God bless.